welcome to Ohanga. My name is Nick Johnson, and today I'll be speaking with Jennifer Pipe. Hi, Nick. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for taking the time to speak with us. Yeah, it's so great to be here. All right, let's dive right into the questions. Our first question for you is, what kind of art do you do? Well, I am a self-taught mixed media artist, and so I work with pretty much all types of mediums and substrates. I do everything from watercolor to alcohol inks to art journaling, um, and then I also do a lot of collage or assemblage where you're using um, more three-dimensional elements in your art. And uh, I'm a very tactile and visual person. So anything that I can, you know, kind of have that visual and tactile element, that's sort of my, my um, where my comfort level is with art. Very cool. It sounds like you kind of have a uh, mixed bag of different arts that you like to focus on. I do, I do. And I think sometimes it, I find that a lot of it is, you know, sometimes seasonal or cyclical. Like I have different times a year where I really engage with a, a certain type of art. Um, so it's nice to have that variety. Absolutely. And the next question is, how did you get involved with art in general and also in um, the arts that you dabble in at this point in time? Um, I mean, I think I have always been a pretty creative person. I've always turned to creativity and art-based mediums to help me figure out, you know, things about myself and also the world around me. Um, you know, so over the course of my lifetime, you know, I, I play with photography and I do these um, mixed media type things and I'm doing art journaling. Um, and I didn't start an actual art based business though until 2010. So like I mentioned, I'm self taught. And, um, you know, so everything I, I'm doing, I either taught myself or I took courses on how to do it. But um, you know, I didn't attend college for the arts. So I had, um, you know, a, a pretty seismic shift, both personally and professionally, right before 2010. And I kind of bumped into this uh, situation where I'm like, okay, what do I do next? You know, like, what gifts do I have that can ser serve, you know, the world at large? Like, how can I take my gifts out into the world and make a positive difference? What brings me joy? Um, and so those were the kind of questions I was asking myself and I was, was like, okay, I think art-based business is really where I want to head next. Um, cause it just, it lights me up. It makes me feel happy. And, um, I love the connection that it provides with people. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, kind of a roundabout answer to that question, but art's always been a little bit a part of my life, but, um, you know, not professionally speaking until the past decade or so. That's fantastic. Is there anything in particular that um, motivated this um, so-called seismic shift in your transition um, to focusing on art in a more professional sense? Um, I mean, I think that, you know, there was a point in time where I sensed, sensed this really big change in the business world um, where, you know, it became less about being part of a team and more about you know, whose back can you step on to get ahead? And that's just not a game I like to play. And um, I really couldn't think of a career path where I would be not immersed in that environment. And when I was thinking about it and thinking about my gifts and what I had to offer and um, how I could connect with people, one of the things I kept coming back to is that I have always used art and creativity to sort things out. I've always used them as an empowerment tool. I've used them to help find my own voice. 
And um, also I, I was raising at the time two daughters. And so I was like, what can help girls boost their confidence? You know, how can we um, create an, an environment of empowerment within the female community? And how can we start that at a young age? And art was the answer for that for me. And um, so I started out really small, just doing summer camps locally, gearing them towards girls. Um, and the feedback from families was incredibly positive. And um, it was actually those families that encouraged me to pursue this as a business. That's super inspiring. It sounds like community involvement was kind of a, a big component um, in the beginning of your, you know, path as an artist. Yeah, it really was. It really was. And, and you know, connecting with people in such an honest and authentic way, you know, that's just another thing that the arts really have going for them is that, you know, they inspire those kinds of things, truth telling and authenticity and bravery. And um, those are the kinds of things that I bring to my art, whether I'm teaching or I'm creating, I try and infuse them with that kind of messaging. That's fantastic. And the next question here is, is there any one person that particularly influenced your artistic pursuit? Okay, so I have to admit, I had advanced notice of this question and I've been racking my brain trying to think of, is there somebody I should mention on here? But honestly, I have not been inspired by one single person. I think I've just been inspired by the art world as a whole. Um, you know, like I mentioned before, I'm an incredibly visual and tactile person. And one of the things I love to do most is to combine imagery with words, with texture. And um, so I think maybe it was more styles of art that inspired me more than one particular person. Very well said, that makes sense. And moving on to the next question here, what would you say motivates or inspires your art? Um, I keep going back in my head to the voice aspect. And I truly believe, you know, from the bottom of my soul that art gives everyone a voice. It gives the voiceless a voice. It gives the um, discriminated against a voice. And what motivates me is helping people discover that for themselves, helping connect them with that aspect of art, um, and also helping to sort of shift them from a fixed mindset of I could never or I'm not an artist to the more growth mindset of I could do that if I tried or with you guiding me, you know, the sky's the limit, I can do that. So for me, it's really about helping people reconnect to art, which then subsequently helps them reconnect to themselves and the world around them. So that's a lot of where my motivation comes from. It's incredibly inspiring. What themes or motifs or constants would you say emerge from your art as a whole? And why do you think these particular um, themes emerge? Um, you know, a lot of the times it's about the messaging that comes through in my art, whether it's deliberate or subtle. And um, I remember when I first started selling my art and when I first started connecting with people in the Newport community about my art, and one of the things that kept cropping up is like, oh, wow, these messages are super positive and happy. And um, I think, honestly, it's a counter to all of the negativity and the fear and the hate that we're all experiencing right now. And I think that the messages that tend to come out for me are messages about um, 
positivity, acceptance, uh, possibility, you know, those are a few of them. And what I'm really trying to do is I'm trying to invite people in and I'm trying to have them maybe think a little bit, maybe differently than they would have thought about things in the past and also to help them evoke an emotion. So I think the messaging is often positive and it's empowering and um, it's meant to be thought provoking in some way. Well, that's very well said. It sounds like much of your art um, is, is focused on the evocation kind of. of an emotion um, from others. It sounds like, you know, your art, you know, some artists are very much like, this is my artistic process. Um, and, you know, it's kind of, you know, here's what people might get out of it. But it very much sounds like your art is geared um, towards, you know, your audience and making sure they kind of feel a certain type of way. Yeah. And I think I want to invite them to feel something, whether or not it's the same feelings that I'm feeling at the time. Um, you know, again, it's all about the voice and it's about the perception. And so I might feel a certain way when I'm creating something, or I might have a lived experience that influences a creation of mine. And there will be people that really resonate with that lived experience and that shared experience. And then there'll be people that are completely off put by it, but it doesn't matter what camp you're in. I'm really hoping to just help you really think about it when you walk away, you know, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling those feelings that I'm feeling, you know, and is there anything there that I really need to examine a little bit more closely? Um, so it's definitely art, but it's also a lot about connectivity and community and, um, you know, looking at things through a different lens, I think is a big theme of my artwork, you know, and I'm questioning everything that you thought was true. Absolutely. Sounds like a very um, intimate experience that you and um, the people, the audience of your art shares, which is very cool. And the next question here is what obstacles have you faced in the pursuit of your art? Oh boy. <laughs> um, loaded question. Um, so I think in terms of professionally pursuing art, there weren't a lot of obstacles when it was just a hobby and something that I turned to in my own personal life. But when I decided that I wanted to make it a profession, one of the big, biggest challenges I had initially was it brought to light a lot of my own insecurities um, a lot of the scripts that I had been fed throughout my lifetime. And again, it's about examining truth. You know, is this, is this true to me? Is it true as a whole? Is it even true at all? Um, so it really brought to light a lot of those insecurities, which in turn I was discovering were really big impediments to my success and to my willingness to put myself out there. So that was one of the biggest challenges. And then um, another one that comes to mind for me is, you know, the belief in many circles that if you're a self-taught artist, you're not an artist at all. Um, so there's that kind of, you know, uh, classically trained artist, I'm going to use the word elitist, which might be off-putting to people, but, you know, there's that mentality that if you didn't go to this prestigious university or you weren't taught from this, uh, you know, classically trained master, then your art isn't worthy. And so I like to show people that it is worthy, that all people who are willing to be artistic and creative are brave and they're worthy of the same airspace and the same shelf space and the same wall space as everybody else. Um, so I think those would be two of the biggest challenges that I've faced. Very cool. And it sounds like um, 
you know, you said one of the main motivators of your art is helping people find that truth and that voice within themselves through art. Um, was that kind of motivating factor for you inspired from, um, you know, those impediments that you just mentioned and those, you know, insecurities that were brought to light and your own pursuit of that, you know, similar truth and voice when you were first starting out, um, you know, art as a professional career? Yeah, I think so. And I think part of it too is that, um, you know, one of the things that art was and creativity was for me growing up was it was an escape. Um, you know, I grew up in a family where I had an alcoholic father, which, you know, can be very challenging. And so it was not only a place for me to find my voice because, you know, in a, a lot of times in households like that, the children don't feel like they have a voice. And also it was a way for me to escape you know, a lot of the turmoil and the chaos that was always swirling around me. So I think that, you know, those things were motivating and they were part of the driving force, but they were also, um, it was also a really big challenge to bump up against some of these obstacles, having that background, because it makes you question like, hmm, okay, maybe the people are right. You know, maybe, maybe I'm not, shouldn't be doing this. Maybe I'm not worthy of doing this. Maybe my message doesn't matter. Um, and so I think, it, you know, it was a little bit of both, but I think that the perseverance and really focusing on the practice, practice and the process instead of the outcome is sort of what helped me get beyond that and be really willing to put myself out there and share these experiences with other people. Absolutely. That's very inspiring. And, um, Kind of tying into that is the following question, which is how do you deal with the stereotype of the struggling artist? Oh, <laughs> this is a big one. Um, okay, I first of all, I just wanna say that you don't have to be a struggling artist to be an artist. You can just be an artist. Um, you know, a big part of what I do, in addition to the selling, which is how you and I are, are coming together today to talk about art is because my art is in Ohanga, but um, most of my time as a professional artist has been spent teaching. So I do a lot of work with kids. I do a lot of work with women who are trying to rediscover themselves. You know, either they're having their own professional or personal shift, um, or they've been raising children for so long and they're kind of forgetting who they are. But as someone who, works with um, people and who approaches art from a confidence boosting and empowerment standpoint, I really dislike stereotypes in general because stereotypes of all kinds are harmful. And anytime we make an assumption about a person or a group of people without engaging any sort of critical thought or empathy, we're doing them a disservice. So um, the term struggling artist implies that art, art isn't a worthwhile pursuit. Why would you do that? You're just gonna be struggling. Um, and not all artists' lives are full of pain and heartbreak. And you know, I think part of what that term, um, what it says without saying it directly is that artists aren't thought of as a vital part of society or in a thriving economy. Like we don't deserve a space at the table there. But when I think about this past year through the pandemic, where we were all disconnected and isolated, and there was so much loss and uncertainty and you know a myriad of other emotions, it was art that kept us all afloat. you know, And it was art that we missed the most in a lot of ways, whether it was being able to go to the movie theater or see a concert or um, you know, teach a class or anything like 
art was at the forefront of all of that. And it was also art that kept us together in so many ways. You know, if it wasn't for the professionals who were providing free online concerts or for the teachers who were doing courses online or offering free services on YouTube, I think our outcome through all of this would have been drastically different. I think art was one of the things where I won't say it really saved all of our mental health, but I think for many people, it was that buoy or that life raft that kind of kept them afloat. So I hope we start to kind of flip on its head how we think about art and you know struggling quote unquote artists. Um, I think this past year was a really great teaching tool for us. That was very eloquently put. And as a music lover and avid concert goer myself, I can completely empathize um, with that part of it. I, yeah, um, those live stream really <laughs> kept me afloat when I had, you know, three pairs of concert tickets get canceled due to COVID. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I can relate to that on a personal level. Um, very good. Well. Yeah. So true. So true. And the next question here is, can you describe your workspace to us? Is it neat or messy? What kind of tools do you use? What's the lighting like? Are there any smells or sounds? Just a general description of where you typically create the most of your, the most of your art. Um, okay, so I think the neat or messy, it kind of depends on the day. Um, I think I probably operate best in organized chaos. So to the outsider, it might look a little messy, but to me, there's like you know, this, all, all of this creative energy that's in there. Um, so we recently moved, we moved last summer just to this area. We lived in Massachusetts up until then. And so with, up until we moved here, I had this little nook in the back of our living room and that was my art space. And funny story, we had the realtor come in to look at our house when we were gonna put it on the market. And he looked at that living room and he looked at the back corner of it where my art space was. And he was like, that whole thing has got to go. There's no way we're showing this house with all of that back there. So I had to pick up and pack up all of my art supplies. So I felt like I lost a limb for like six months. I couldn't do anything. Um, but here in our new place, um, I have my own dedicated home office, my art room. And um, it's this beautiful, like, it's got this beautiful beachy vibe. Like it has this really pretty blue color on the walls and big bright windows that let in a ton of light. And um, I have a lot of other people's artwork on the walls in addition to my own. And it just feels really inviting and it just feels like this creative haven. Um, when I'm in there, I love to have like a candle on and you know, I pick a scent that I'm kind of vibing with that day and I'll put on some background music and then I just get to work. But during the pandemic, I did most of my teaching there too because I couldn't be in person. So it was like a teaching space as well as a creative space, which kind of contributed to the mess sometimes um, if I was working on a lot of things at once. Um, and then I have a brick and mortar studio space in Holliston, Mass, um, which I've kept, but haven't been able to be in um, for a year and a half. And um, that place is just such a beautiful, it just feels like a safe space when you walk in the door. And I feel like when people come in there, they just breathe this collective sigh of relief. Like I can be myself for a day or a couple of hours. I can put all of my troubles and my worries and my responsibilities on the other side of this door and just vibe out and just be me, you know, and do something for me. Um, so yeah, so different spaces, different moods, um, but I love them both. That's fantastic. Sounds like great places to work. Yeah, that's awesome. 
And our next question here is, what is the ultimate goal for your art? What do you want it to be or mean to the audience or consumers? Um, so Nick, we've talked a bit already about some of this, like about the connection aspect, whether it be emotional or tactile or visual or even visceral, you know, something they feel deep within and they're not really sure what that is yet. Um, you know, I want people to feel a connection somehow, whether to the art itself or to themselves or to an experience they had or a feeling that they can conjure up. Um, I like to think of it as like awareness or mindfulness, um, being just present for it, whatever it might be. Um, you know, I would love for it to be my art, for it to be thought provoking, you know, for maybe it to be a catalyst for change in some instances, for it to be a catalyst for a better, more inclusive world. Um, you know, it, I love the empowering aspect of it, the motivating aspect. Um, and, you know, some of the messages and some of the things I want people to take away are a bit more subtle than they are overt. Um, and I, I guess I just, I just want it to stick somehow, you know, whether it be in someone's heart or in their mind or on their wall. Um, and I guess the other thing is I just, I would love for people to feel a sense of possibility when they encounter my art. And that might mean they feel like, um, they are empowered to create on their own. They don't feel like it's so unattainable that they could never do that. Or, um, maybe it's, a financial accessibility. You know, it's not priced in a way that people can't um, afford it in most instances or couldn't, you know, um, have it find a place in their home or their business. Um, and I, I just want it to have a positive, um, positive and meaningful message. I, I want my art to make people smile. Again, very well said. And our final question here is kind of more of a general one. Is there anything else about your art, about yourself, um, that you think is important for the listener to know? Um, I mean, I think the biggest thing um, that I would love people to know is that I'm a work in progress, you know, just like many of, of you. I'm a work in progress. Um, who I am today as a, per a person and an artist is probably not who I'm going to be five years from now. Um, I'm always evolving. I'm always changing. I'm always trying to learn new things and open myself up to new experiences. Um, and I think my art changes as I change. Um, you know, one of the biggest examples I can give you is my surroundings. You know, we lived in Massachusetts. I, I was a Massachusetts resident all my life until last summer. And our goal was always to be closer to the ocean. And I feel like since I've moved here, just the creative juices are flowing. I mean, I feel like I've, I'm finally home. I feel like I'm finally in my natural habitat and it's doing wonders for my creative muse. So, um, you know, I think that's important to know just the work in process um, aspect because it's so important from an artistic standpoint to just keep that in mind. You know, perfection is, is a fallacy and we're all works in progress. And um, I think the other big thing to know is just that, you know, people are encountering me right now as someone who's selling their art, but I also do events and I do after school programs for kids and I work with boy and girl scout troops. And um, I find a lot of joy 
And uh, one of my biggest passions is working with young people. And so I, you know, I would love for people to seek me out, you know, and, and try and experience uh, my art in that way as well. Fantastic. All right. So I think that is all the questions I have for you today. Um, Jennifer, it was great to hear your story. Thanks again for taking the time to share it with us. Thank you for having me.